Hello and welcome to Mind Maxing, the podcast where we talk about the emotional side of video gaming. My name is Chadami, and I'm really excited to have you here. Now, enjoy. I wake up to the noises of a horse-drawn cart driving over an uneven path. I'm sitting inside the cart and gazing around. Where am I? There are also other people sitting in the cart as we ride through a pine forest in the middle of what seems to be mountains. A man with blonde hair and a strong appearance approaches me. Hey you! Finally awake! You were trying to cross the border. Walked right into that imperial ambush. Same as us. And that thief over there! A font appears on screen saying, use mouse to look around. I turn towards the supposed thief. Damn storm cloaks. Skyrim was fine until you came along, he responds. You there! He looks at me. You and me, we shouldn't be here. It's the Stormcloaks the Empire wants. In this moment I realize that we are all handcuffed. I listen to the conversation, still confused about what happened? <laughs> and where I am? As far as I understand the situation, there is a rebellion going on? Uh, against some sort of an empire in which I spawned. The man next to me is not only handcuffed, but also gagged. And turns out to be the leader of the rebellion. Ulfric Stormcloak. The supposed thief seems troubled. You are the leader of the rebellion. But if they captured you, of course, where are they taking us? The blonde man speaks calmly. I don't know where they're taking us, but Sovngarde awaits. Who or what is Sovngarde? And why is the thief getting more and more terrified? I move the camera towards the direction in which we are riding. We are slowly approaching the stone gate of a village. The blonde man turns towards the concerned thief. What village are you from, horse thief? What do you care? The Stormcloak's voice turns softer. And Nord's last thoughts should be of home. Last thoughts? Seems like we're about to get executed. As we enter the village, an Imperial soldier waits at the gates, shouting, General Tullius, sir! The hatsman is waiting! Good. Let's get this over with. A hatsman? So, all of us are getting beheaded. 
boy watches the caravan passing by as he asks his dad who we were. You need to go inside, little cub, the father answers. But why? I want to watch the soldiers. The boy argues. Inside the house. Now! As he a chopping block, the caravan stops right next to it as the prisoners and I stand up to jump off the cart. A female guard, by the looks of her regalia, I would say she was a captain, small in statue but well armoured, and a helmetless man holding book and feather are standing in front of us. My heart is pounding in my chest, I'm not sure what's in store for me. Step towards the block when we call your name. The helmetless man calls out the list of names, each one of them stepping forward as their name is called. Lokir of Riverstead. The thief sets off trying to make a run for it. The captain yells, Hold! You're not gonna kill me? The archers draw their bows, aim at the man, and with one single arrow the man falls to the floor. Dead. There's no way I am getting out of this. Not easily, at least. Anyone else feel like running? The Imperial Captain says, looking at the rest of us. We are all silent. The soldier next to her takes one glance at me, looks down at his list, and returns my gaze with a puzzled expression. Wade, you there. Step forward. Who are you? Who am I? Who do I want to be? And who is that character on the other side of the screen? Those are more questions we're going to talk about today. And I'm beyond happy to have Eva Una Love with me for that occasion. Eva, hello! Do you maybe want to introduce yourself? I would love to. Thank you for having me. I am, like Janami, a streamer on Twitch. And my stream is variety streaming. However, I'm moving more towards looking at oppression and our identities, how our identities affect us in society. And so I'm very excited to participate in this conversation. So thank you for having me, Janami. So am I really excited and thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, we talked about it um, earlier. <laughs> and it turned out to be such an awesome story. Um, also quite fitting for today's topic. Um, but maybe we can quickly recall how we met each other. Do you want to start? Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly, certainly. So, um, for me, what I had remembered was, um, just going and seeing your stream and looking at your information regarding your stream and noting your panels and the particular vibe that they bring to your stream and the music that you use and then how you in that environment when I watched one of your clips um, sort of brings that vibe uh, you you settle into it very well and brings something that I think is very unique so that was my memory, but I wasn't entirely sure how exactly <laughs> I found you. Yeah, that was super funny because I am um, like 99% sure that 
um, about how how I met you, and that was while browsing Stardew Valley on Twitch. Um, I was before that watching Thorla playing Stardew Valley, and he said that <laughs> that game in particular is an amazing goldmine for high quality streamers. So I took him by his word, went ahead, browsed through all the people. I clicked like. 10, 15, I don't know how many people through it. And wrote a little message. Like, Janami Place sneaks in and leaves some cookies and sneaks out again. Just to, to just just to, to have some form of introduction and then uh, see how the streamers react. And <clears throat> I remember coming to your stream, I typed it out. <laughs> and you were super excited about the cookies. And not only you, but also your chat. <laughs> and I love the energy um, you you brought there. Um, immediately wanted to stay, which wasn't the case for um, uh, all of the other or many of the other ones I clicked that day. Um, although it's, I I believe the game is still an incredibly um, great gold mine for high quality streamers. But that was like we talked about it. And it's quite funny. We have so, so different memories of how we met each other, right? Certainly, yes. And um. we we kind of um, talked about how, why, why is that so? How could that be? And I had an interesting talk with a friend who said, um, there is there is. A difference in meeting each other in real life and there is a difference in meeting each other online. Online we are so much limited on the information we get from the other person. It's basically as much as the other person is free to give. So when I came into your stream, right Eva, I saw you, I heard you, I had um, kind of impression of your character, of your energy, of the atmosphere, of your community. But the other way around, I was just a name. Mm, yes. Right? So I didn't remember as much until I popped over to yours. Exactly. That was then when the identity of Janami plays <laughs> kind of tied together. And this is why probably you are completely right in your memory of meeting me then the first time. Just for like, certain, for certain. just like, it's it's for me the first time meeting you on on your stream. This is the way how we met. I thought I, I thought that was pretty funny, and it ties in <laughs> very very well with the topic. Yes, um, definitely. I uh, I think it's interesting to note um, that it can be difficult to express yourself, perhaps as a viewer, as compared, mm -hmm. and just the limitations there. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. So yeah, um, starting. Let's 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 actually start with two questions. I would like to ask you, Eva. First off, coffee or tea? <laughs> um. So both, definitely both. I coffee for the morning because waking up, and then <laughs> tea for the evening. Uh, for a more relaxing mm -hmm. uh, evening. Mm -hmm. so what kind of tea I, do you like? 
I'm sorry. Oh, oh, it depends on the season. So I really enjoy berry teas around spring and summer. And then around fall and winter, I like uh, teas that are chai tea, especially, but also mm -hmm. Earl Grey. Mm -hmm. So different teas for different seasons. And those are just my currents. Um, I'm looking around and trying to discover some. Do you have any recommendations? I, I think you're quite a big tea drinker, aren't you? Or do you like tea, <laughs> coffee? I actually like both. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mm. the exact same as you. I wake up and I need my coffee. If I don't have a coffee, it's going to be a horrible morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for the second half of the day, I usually have my tea. Um, I like to drink peppermint tea um, and oh. red bush tea. Uh, I don't know if that's in, if if, that, if any bells are ringing for you there. I was talking yeah. with another friend who is an <laughs> an avid tea drinker and tea drinker tea drinker. <laughs> See, I, I told you I would drift into German. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, red bush, for those who don't know, is an African herbal, I believe. Herb. Oh. And um, uh, yeah. it's really tasty. What I really find impressive and why I really like it is because it has that very herbal taste, but it goes incredibly well with sweet tastes like vanilla or caramel or honey. Oh. So yeah. If you want a recommendation for the colder season, <laughs> you will have to send me that so I have it um, saved and can look for it. I'll send it over, over to you, Indiana, right? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Small package from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, might be cheaper to send the name. <laughs> might be. <laughs> might be, but uh, either way, either way. <laughs> Um, the second question I would like to ask you is if you could choose one animal as a companion that would keep you company through anything, basically through all your struggles, what animal would it be? Um, so this is kind of a difficult question or question to answer, but when I was considering it, I thought my first reaction is octopus. Um, the issue with this is <laughs> they need to be in the water. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. um, if if I were going to be near the water a lot, which mm -hmm. I'm not typically in my everyday life, mm -hmm. but if that were the case, I would definitely say the octopus. I find mm -hmm. them very interesting. They're um, intelligent, and I just they're so different from other existences in my life so i have a lot of interest in them and mm. i find them very unique mm. do you uh, have many uh entities with eight legs or arms in your life uh <laughs> spiders does that count? oh yeah oh spiders have eight. Oh, oh yeah <laughs> other than that no um and spiders terrify me oh, okay <laughs> to love them i don't know if you've seen lucas the spider ever before but uh, no i haven't oh i will have to send you about lucas okay. the spider okay. very cute internet yeah. uh creature but okay. the getting past that i decided um 
I was in between the raccoon and the rat. So raccoons um, are just cute and fuzzy, and I love their little paws. They're so cute. Mm -hmm. But I think I settle on the rat or mouse um, because okay. I think that I sort of identify with their ability to survive a lot of environments. And then additionally, they're just um, small, so maybe not always a focus hidden away. Um, and they, but they can be very friendly and very um, surprisingly intelligent creatures. So okay, I've had an interest in them. Okay. I would probably choose that. How about you, Tanami? <gasps> I haven't thought about an answer actually. <laughs> okay, all right, fair okay, enough. Okay, so actually, not no. to put you on the spot. But... Actually, actually, I ha I would have two different answers. Um, I have two animals that I find super interesting and I really, really like. Um, for one, I'm a big, big bird fan. <laughs> oh. Um. Okay, I would have three animals I really like, but I'm 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 going away from the dog. I have a dog, and if I could choose <laughs> any animal to kind of keep me company, uh, more than just being a pet, um, I I would move to 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 something else. So I'm a bird fan. Uh, falcons especially, I oh. always loved them. Always loved them. I I think they are majestic, and. Um, mm different in that they are predators but very el elegant predators they they don't rely on brute force but much rather on their technique and their speed and their agility and i always thought that is freaking cool yeah if yeah. i would be an animal i would be like to be a falcon <laughs> <laughs> so that would be the one and the other one that i always thought is super super fascinating are butterflies. I think butterflies oh. are one of the most fascinating creatures in how they evolve, how they mm. become something entirely else from how they were born and something so beautiful. So those would be my two choices, probably. Those are lovely. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. I didn't expect uh, the butterfly, I suppose. But I really like your explanation behind that. Yeah, I was, I was actually... I, I, I lied, or rather I didn't remember, but I thought about the question. Um, it was just a oh. while ago. It was just a while ago. So I remembered out of the animals, um, the butterfly was one that just kind of stuck to me. And uh, I, 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 I love them. I love butterflies. Have you seen butterflies? Just, just, just look at them. <laughs> How can you? They are beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I've those always two loved things. caterpillars. So yeah, mm, oh nice, yes. nice. We had a lot of them um, in my stepfather's garden, and I loved mm. being there in the summer and watching them and eating. They would just eat and eat and eat, slowly chipping away that leaf, and all the mm. with all the peas and all the rest in the world. That was. I love that watching. Yeah, I actually, we had a garden when I was younger and um, that is the my second most clearest memory of the mm -hmm. garden. My first was 
always eating the tomatoes and mom saying you're going to have uh, a sore stomach later and i'm just like no i won't mom uh it never failed no mom <laughs> yeah so... i don't want mom <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely Talking about your mom, uh, you shared um, a little story of your life that is perfectly fitting for the topic at hand. And I would love if you could share that topic with everyone. Yeah, so... That story, not the topic, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> understood, understood. So um, regarding my mother and me being younger, something that I had a huge interest in. I developed an interest in Pokemon um, from one of my friends. And so I started um, seeking out ways to participate in Pokemon, including I ended up getting a Game Boy and playing <laughs> some of the very old Pokemon games. Um, so I started with Silver mm -hmm. and then moved to um, Yellow and Red. Mm -hmm. And then um, during this time, my mother, she was very against this. My father didn't seem to mind, actually was open to watching Pokemon with huh. me and encouraging. But my mother was very against this. And uh, the reason being, Pokemon is for boys. This was very surprising to me because to me, Pokemon were cute. Um, <laughs> I liked being competitive, but mm -hmm. taking care of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so hearing this was very difficult and really affected me as a child. But um, later on, I got Crystal, which is when you have the first uh, choice to choose to play as a boy or a girl. Mm -hmm. And that representation in that game, the, the knowledge that I could choose to be a girl and that um, that was a playable character mm -hmm. made me really feel like, no, mom, you're wrong. I can, in the game, the game itself says girls are welcome here. So that was very empowering to me um, and helps me deal with uh, the more, what I call, you know, interpersonal, uh, I don't want to say interpersonal oppression, but that would be what I would call it. Mm -hmm. Um so help me stand up against that issue. Mm -hmm. So that was very powerful to me, and yeah. uh, I've never, excellent. I've never looked at it that way. That Pokemon are actually just those little cute creatures that you take care of, mm. and from that perspective, that sounds like something you would rather see in um, how should I say? directed towards a more feminine uh, audience yeah yeah and that's what i had yes i go out and i fight with them but it's something mm -hmm. to also take care of to me mm -hmm. i mean you i was always the kid that was like no 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 i don't want my pokemon to me i'll take them <laughs> and i will go get them get them the free health care that's in pokemon <laughs> so, um, yeah so i mm. always helping them grow helping mm. them improve mm -hmm. you know uh but the glorified thing in pokemon was always the fighting right 
Yeah, um, which I guess is kind of the point, but there's also other ways to look at it as well. There is. And now, when I think about it, the fighting is one part, um, but I don't know, you, you have played Pokemon probably rather casual, have you? Mm, yes. I mean, so did I. Uh, but I had a friend who was super into the Pokemon scene, uh, also the more competitive scene. And he explained to me some of the concept. I'm not able to recall them. <laughs> they are way too complicated. I don't remember them very well. But things like there are hidden points, hidden stats you can raise um, by letting them fight against very specific Pokemon. And um, from that perspective, it's way more about the evolution, taking care of it and kind of um developing your pokemon in a very specific direction uh than necessarily the fighting and how I, I like someone someone told me that as well how pokemon manages to let you play the game the way you want to right mm. you yes. can play as a boy as a girl that's like the super basic but you can play it super super casually just with all the pokemon you like because you mm -hmm. think they look cute. Yeah. <laughs> you, yep. you could probably beat the game. You could be fine. Heck, I think there's one person who was insane enough to play the entire game with a ditto and nothing else. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. <laughs> That's and, fantastic. And on the other hand, you can express yourself in a more competitive way if you wish to, if you desire to. And dive really deep into those topics, into the data, um, try to create the quote-unquote perfect Pokemon, or perfect team, rather. Mm. And I think that's something really beautiful. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Absolutely. And uh, now that you talked about how you felt as a child, that must have felt, felt awful, right? You wanted to play that. But you were not allowed yeah. to. Yeah. Um, I actually think that because of my dad's support, I didn't get the worst of it. Mm -hmm. um, but when they went through the divorce, um, she felt very strongly about this. And actually, um, he, he, being supportive, had mm -hmm. bought me a book that was a pokedex and it was oh, wow. one of my very valued possessions oh, wow. but um i had left it at mom's one time and yeah. when i came back it was missing and when i was playing out near the woods where the fire pit is yeah. there were it had been burnt um and there were pages around <gasps> partially burned and rained on and i remember collecting those and realizing how strongly she felt against me playing this um and that is that is devastating. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that. But it is a reality that mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe I am alone in. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe this specific instance, yeah, that's very specific to me. But that mm -hmm. um, strong opinion about young girls being able to play certain things or mm -hmm. young boys being able to play certain things mm -hmm. and um, giving them that choice to say, hey, you can play mm -hmm. um, something, a character you identify with because you belong here. I think that's 
helpful in being able to fight back against that mm. um, view others might strongly hold so strongly that they would burn one of their children's um, favorite possessions. I am. I'm. 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 I'm a little shocked. I think that's. Oh. I'm really sorry to hear that, and I, I. I. would be, as you said, devastated as a child. Yeah. Yeah. But I think. Um. There's there are supports, right? Uh. Just the. I. I always. I tend to look towards the positive. Mm -hmm. Um. And not dwell too harshly on mm -hmm. it. Um, and just say, what can I do to make this not be a thing? But mm -hmm. thank you for the sympathies. I do appreciate <laughs> it. I I wonder, was Pokemon your first game? Um. So that's a good question, actually. I'm not sure entirely. Uh -huh. Um. If it were, I think it it might have been. But I know that Dad ended up at some point dedicating Sundays to playing video games with us, uh, his two daughters at wow. the time. So, and that was, it was very difficult to get time with dad because he was yeah. working so frequently. Yeah. But um, I also did play other video games as a younger child. Yeah. And um, they were, <laughs> Mortal Kombat was one of them. <laughs> one of them were, you know, um, Stereotypically male coded and maybe a little violent, right? I was about to say, Mortal Kombat <laughs> as a child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and I could kick my dad's butt sometimes. I'm a little proud. I'm I a think we proud. all can. I think we all can. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um but those were some other games I played. I know I had a computer game that was mm -hmm. like taking care of uh your pet cat. Mm -hmm. which I enjoyed, and that was mm -hmm. when I was pretty young. But those are my youngest experiences as a child um, mm. with video games. And the the interesting thing is I would play Mortal Kombat or Sledstorm or uh, Tony Hawk, mm -hmm. and I don't know that Mom said anything about that, but Pokemon was a huge issue. So I find that interesting. And... I find interesting how much that was important to you and where that comes from. The mere fact that the first game had just only this one male character and the second one let you choose, mm. right? And yeah. this, this empowering feeling, how important that was for you. Wow. Yeah. So um, I, was, I was going through my head what my first game was and how my mom gifted me a Game Boy when I was younger. <laughs> oh. And my very first game was Super Mario. My second <laughs> game was Pokemon. Oh. So it was also one of my first games to play. And it was definitely um, one of the games I have the strongest memories about. That's mm -hmm. definitely it. Um, but what immediately popped into my mind was also how my mom treated that because for the longest time i mean i have a sister uh, I, I don't think you know that but i have a sister so no, i got a I game boy but she didn't oh um i believe i am no expert um 
but I believe that especially at that time, video games were heavily marked towards um, a male audience. Um, yes. Boys, especially. Mm-hmm. And now that I've thought about it, that you talked about playing uh, Pokemon as a child, I remember that my sister didn't get a gay boy when I got one, although she wanted to. And it took a while of kind of talking to my mom. Um, my, my sister got one. <laughs> my sister got one <laughs> at a certain point when my mom saw how much fun she was having, um, how we played together, how we could also play Pokemon together, for example. Um, but yeah, and uh, that was that was very interesting. The marketing yeah. and how, how my mom also thought about it. And that that is kind of similar, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, so. I wonder um, if when I played with Dad, mm-hmm. for example, um, the PlayStation. I wonder if it was regarding well, that's an activity to bond, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I played alone, it's not really catered to girls. Right. Mm. So I wonder if that plays in. Um, but I find it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> because I never had a brother to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, I do now. I have a younger brother. And I will tell you that <laughs> um, everyone was much more welcoming. But of course, he's younger and it's a newer age yeah. in from my view. Yeah. So that is very interesting to see how that yeah. played out in your family. Yeah, it is. It is surely interesting, and also interesting. Um, similar things like um, her parents saying no to video games was regarding my girlfriend, who now loves video games. She loves playing them. She thinks they are amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she didn't for the longest time. And one thing that was really interesting about her playing video games is she has a very very specific taste in video games. She likes a good a good world, but one thing that is super, super important to her is how she can express herself in that world. Mm. And we tried a couple of things. We played, for example, through Portal. Portal is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played Portal? Um, I tried Portal 2 with mm-hmm. a friend, the co-op. Uh-huh. Um, and they had already played through it, so they knew what okay. was going on. So we weren't really experiencing I think that was what kind of kept me away from it. But I have a vague familiarity. Okay. I played I played Portal. It was amazing. And I played it then, um, again with her. Like, kind of sitting next to her, she would be playing mainly. It was her first, very first video game. That character is silent and doesn't say a single word. Which is super, super interesting. Uh, Evolve likes to do that. They did the same thing with Half-Life. Mm. And in preparation for the podcast, I was going through different um, lists of like top 25 video game characters. And guess what? The protagonist from Half-Life, Freeman, um, he's a total silent character. And nevertheless, he pops up every single time in those lists, or almost every time. He is uh, among all these these great characters like Geralt of Rivia, Nathan Drake, um, Commander Shepard, 
uh, Lara Croft, all those super, super popular characters, a character that doesn't say a single word. Huh. I, I had no... Do you know why this is? Was there any explanation? They didn't explain it, really, <laughs> unfortunately, but I, 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 it got me thinking, right? Um, have you played Half-Life? I have not, no. Okay. Um, it, it is a shooter, yes. It, it kind of is um, an RPG also to some extent. But a term that pops up oftentimes when you talk about Half-Life, uh, for that matter also Skyrim um, or Fallout, is an immersion simulator. And why is that so? Because the game kind of gives you this this world, but in this world you can do the things your way. Yeah, there, there are obviously puzzles you have to um, do in a sort of specific way, but besides that you have incredible uh, um, amount of freedom. Have you played Skyrim? No, I, unfortunately, I want to, uh-huh. but I have not. Oh, okay. I played a little bit of it, but I want to play more of it as well. And that, that's also one of the amazing things about that game. The freedom. Like, yes, there is a main quest. Um, the story of Half-Life is way more narrow, I guess, mm-hmm. to, to um, a Skyrim where you have all the freedom and you can, you can do the main quest. But <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> While in Half-Life, you, you obviously do have to kind of continue. Um, but I remember the feeling of freedom, right? Mm-hmm. I can I can do it the way I want to. And the game gives me that option. It tells me, here's the issue. Solve it. Mm. And Lorraine so- really likes these kind of games. Stardew Valley, for example. And I know, I know you played Stardew Valley, because that's I how did. I found you. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love Stardew Valley, for sure. That game is awesome. Awesome. But she did enjoy Portal, uh, or she preferred Skyrim? She never played Skyrim, she played Portal. Oh, okay. uh, but I just kind of wanted to throw that name in, because it's the, the, the immersion simulators, uh, they mm. share certain aspects. Um, she liked Portal. She got a little bit of motion sickness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unfortunately. Um, but I believe that a strong point of Portal and why she could... Why she liked it, um, in comparison to a few other games we tried out, was how the game strives off the world and mm. the main character, Gladys, <laughs> Who's fantastic? Oh my goodness, sassy robot. Oh yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gladys. The lines she's doing, it's... Oh, see? They kill me. It's, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> and that's a character who just strives so much of with her personality, right? Mm, yes the main protagonist is silent so you can project yourself into this mm-hmm. right yeah the same thing happens with stardew valley and it's the same thing that happened with pokemon for you suddenly you could project yourself into the game right mm-hmm. and stardew valley gives you so many so much freedom definitely definitely 
so many um, options you get to choose. Mm -hmm. I think what comes to mind is um, a huge expression of yourself in the game. And I guess your values is who you choose to marry if you choose to marry someone. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something I always enjoyed asking when someone new would come in or someone I hadn't asked yet, um, who do you prefer? And it could always create very interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. So the character, there's a character who is kind of rude. Is it Shane? I'm not yes, certain. Yes, the, uh, the one that likes to drink maybe a little bit mm -hmm. more than is healthy for him. Yeah, and, <laughs> and can be kind of biting. Um, yep. <laughs> not, not who you think of and think, oh, what a, what a... What a fragile cunt dude. Yeah. Um, uh, but I had someone come in and say that, and when you ask a few questions, I think it shows so much about their personality. Um, Jeno is the one who did that, said Shane, and um, I think it has a lot to do with empathy mm -hmm. and the empathy that Jeno has. And that choice of hers in the game shows a ton about her. So mm -hmm. I agree with you regarding the projection mm -hmm. um, and that being, that being able to express yourself in the game uh can be so powerful in so mm. many ways mm. just to clear things up jeno is a member of your community right yes yeah, um okay. sorry for the confusion but yeah <laughs> no so worries. that's what i thought yeah it's the very first question that kind of pops into your mind when you think about the game right <laughs> mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. who do you like to marry <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's a very good conversation yeah. creator to learn more about someone. Yeah, because it displays what they value in another person. Mm -hmm. And that is somehow, um, this somehow creates a way of expressing yourself in that game beyond your character. Yeah, and then of course you can express yourself very well through your character alone. Yes. Oh, oh, the character creation. <laughs> so many options. I never knew some pixel art could have so many <laughs> options. Are you one of those people who like to... When you start up a game and there's character creation, how much time approximately do you take there? <laughs> you spent there? So, actually, that's a good question. Um... The first time I was to play Stardew Valley on stream, I like to go into games blind entirely. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've switched that up now, especially, especially for games with character creation, because I will spend <laughs> forever and I'm just like, some of, this, some of this no one wants to sit through, <laughs> because I like to be very clear in my expression, and those things are very important to me, mm -hmm. so... Yeah, I definitely spend, I definitely take my time there. Same. Um, how, yeah, I was going to say, how about you? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember, I remember so very well. Have you played Mass Effect? Mm-mm. Oh, you got to. to. Oh, you got I to. This, to. Is, this is probably my favorite uh, video game series of all time. Um, not maybe because it's the best. Uh, but much rather about how, 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 because of the way I connect to the game in an emotional level. 
it was the first game that I really got into and was the first game I ever felt I expressed myself. Oh. The, the, the first game especially did a fantastic job at establishing this universe. You felt like a part of something bigger. And you wanted to know more about the different races, about the history, about the places you were in. And I love that. I love that. <laughs> and what I remember is I got the game. And the first day I started it, I didn't even got to play it. <laughs> I was stuck in character creation forever. Oh, goodness. So good. <laughs> I spent literally my entire evening going through the character creation, trying to make it look as likely to myself as it's just humanly possible. Then starting the game to realize, no, I'd look totally different to what I expect, to then restarting the game, doing the character creation again, to start the game to realize this is still not good enough, to then restart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, goodness. And so was, that was very important. It was super important. It was not only the looks, it was also the class, for example. Ah, uh, yeah. The looks are one thing, yes, of course. And um, they are very important. There is a lot of kind of projection um, into the game. It's it's your avatar. It's yours. It's, it's a picture of yourself in the game. Mm -hmm. And um, I know some people like to play out certain fantasies. Some prefer to keep it more realistic to themselves. Um, I feel like Mass Effect, of course, because it's such a science fiction heavy game and a completely... Um, a completely uh, fictional world and so on. It, it, it tends to be more on the fantasy side, of course. Um, but I like to put in as much of myself as I possibly could in that. Mm -hmm. That was for yeah. one, the looks. And second, also the class. If you think about it, the class determines how you play, how the game, or how you address and solve uh, problems the game throws at you, right? Mm -hmm. So while you can determine the looks on one hand, you can also kind of determine the way you play the game, which is the closest you come to kind of a character or personality besides the most obvious things like um, choosing different uh, dialogue options. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something uh, that's I actually, so when I started Final Fantasy, choosing the class um, was huge for me. And I'm so glad I did that on stream because I feel like the community, mm -hmm. um, it was interesting. So um, I think the community maybe chose something, helped me choose something a little different than perhaps I would have chosen myself. Mm -hmm. Um and I feel it's heavily based on their perceptions of me. So it's very interesting to see how my community perceives me and my identity and how it differed. So my expression of my identity versus how I might feel within myself um, and how our identities shift throughout time um, and how almost... Um, so for streaming, I don't know how you do it, but for me, I bring forth and 
express my identity in a way that is what I'm looking for and hoping for in myself. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be the best me that I can be. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then you naturally move towards that. So when I ended up picking this class based a little more on what the community thought because they knew the game better than I did, mm -hmm. um, I found that maybe they did pick the better choice regarding play style and stuff. Wow. And I really appreciated that. Um, so it was just an interesting experience regarding identity and yeah. how your identity can shift in people's perceptions of your identity. That is so interesting. Let me ask you, what class did you want to choose and why? And what class did your community then uh, choose for you and why? Um, so thermaturgy, I say it always, I say it wrong. <laughs> um, I wanted to choose what becomes a dark mage mm -hmm. in their DPS. I thought uh, it was based sort of on looks. So mm -hmm. in high school, I was very dark dressing and I still do gravitate towards dressing more alternatively, they call it. Mm -hmm. Um because I always had identified that group, though I won't say that's necessarily true, and um, it's a stereotype, perhaps, <laughs> but as more welcoming to difference. So I identify um, with that aesthetic, mm -hmm. but I have always, unlike what maybe is associated with emo or goth culture, I have always been a very bubbly, positive person that just makes, wants to see other people smile and yeah. so um i would have chosen a very dark dps class <laughs> um, and my community said eva try arcanist because you get to summon creatures and you can go either a dps route or a healer route which are both uh interests of mine yeah. and um i'm going to go the healer route but it, this play style has fit me so much, and I don't think I could have had a better class, honestly. So wow, it's pretty amazing. That's absolutely amazing. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely love that. It's mm. it's, it's it's very interesting um, because you perceived yourself in a different way than others do. Obviously, that's always going to be the case, right? Mm. Yes. Um. It's, it's just natural because of, also again, like we talked at the very beginning, the information um, that is available to people. You, <laughs> you have a very, very different kind of information about yourself than others may have. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's an incredible story. And I'm glad you chose the Arcanist. I think that's way more fitting. Let me say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was very great. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, that is cool. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, I think um, being able to express yourself and where you want to go and other people picking up on that and helping you to mm. be that mm. um, can be very powerful in accepting you as you are. Yeah. Um, so that that was, I think, something very powerful in the community and in a... A nice way that mm. my identity expression 
um, and how others reacted to that and understood that helped um, came back around and helped me feel more that way and identify more that way and say, yeah, this this really does fit me. Wow. So. Yeah, that's really, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what classes do you tend to choose? Ooh. Like in Mass Effect, what did you go for and how does that fit you? I try to remember that um, because in the end, I, I ended up playing through Mass Effect like four or five times. Not ah. only the first game, but all three of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I tried um, different classes. So the game obviously has uh, way more a focus on dealing damage. And it's way more about the nuances of how do I deal damage. Do I deal indirect damage by prohibiting the enemy to deal damage to myself so I can shoot him? Or mm. do I um, perhaps levitate him into the air with my magical bionic powers <laughs> <laughs> to then smash him against the wall? Th that sort of stuff. And um, I remember doing this, this bionic thing and... Just thinking, how cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also playing different classes like the, the soldier class. There's a soldier class that is super basic. His abilities are he can wield all the weapons and he can slow down time. Um, I don't know if oh. that has been the case also for the first game, but definitely for the last game. It, it, it mm. has been a while. And um, I remember playing him and just finding it a little boring. Yeah. Because while that was technically the one that gave you the most options in terms of weapons, at the same time it was just so so meaningless. If I if whether I kill the enemy with a pistol or or I don't know a shotgun, he was dead. <laughs> certainly, certainly. And I remember two things. Um now that I talk about it. My first class, I remember now, was an infiltrator. And the infiltrator had the ability to become invisible, for one, and he had a sniper rifle. So oh. so, so the combat would look more evasive. Mm. Like, don't get spotted, try to kill them before they see you. That sort of stuff. I like that. I like that. Um... I was way younger back then, and it, I, th I think that it also kind of reflected how um, I may have actually felt about myself and um, how <laughs> I just sometimes wanted to um, be left alone. Um, oh. It's interesting. I, I told you about how um, my parents are both musicians, how I also study music and don't get me wrong I love it I absolutely love it and um, one thing though is that everyone who does music <laughs> or art or sports for that matter it requires an incredible amount of dedication yes being a child you are usually not the one deciding to put that much time and effort into it Mm -mm, not typically. Typically not. Um, my parents gave me freedom. They gave me some freedom. I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, but I also remember 
and I had I had a few talks with my therapist with my friends about that that I always lacked a room for myself um, the piano would would be in the living room for example I would not be able to to practice on my own um, mm. my parents and my family would leave yes but it's it's still the living room it's not my personal room Mm. And that makes a difference. So Definitely. that was that was kind of an expression of that. Funny, the last time I played it, right, which was five years later, well, six years even, it, it, it's just a few years ago, I played a class that did the exact opposite. Oh? He would just run in <laughs> and do like some form of like psychic impact once he arrived and he would just dash right into the enemy which again was a reflection of how i felt i i would uh, i was living my life because from going to i would love to have my own space that i'm kind of lacking um especially in my when i was 15 16 17 i was in, i was super outgoing <laughs> and I would just go and I, I, I loved meeting new people. I loved it. Uh, I, I was super, I, I still am super expressive, but that was kind of the peak back then. Um, and that was definitely the, the impersonation of that character trait into the game. Yeah. Wow. So the shift is quite significant there. Yeah. There has been quite a shift. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm also glad about the shift and um, that there is a shift <laughs> that I am able to evolve and uh, grow. Certainly, yes. And I hope I I also did not stop just just yet. Please just give me a few more years, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, growth and um, change. I think mm. uh, it's so important. I I say constantly that. Uh, Something that really gives me hope in the human population is our ability for growth, change, mm. improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, and one thing that I find super interesting about that is I believe that video games enable us to dream, enable us to give us this sort of, hey, I, I would like to change something feeling. Mm -hmm. Because while you have the possibility to just play or role play yourself <laughs> mm -hmm. you have games uh like um what is it called again this this huge space simulator uh sandbox game ah oh, oh, eve online oh no that wasn't what i was thinking have you, have you ever heard about eve online no i haven't EVE Online is a phenomenon on its own. It's kind of its own universe with its own ecosystem, its own political system, power system. Mm. And all of that is player-driven. That's very interesting. S sometimes on, on, on sites like Reddit, you can find uh, posts about this is the biggest war in EVE's history so far. Or like... <laughs> 10,000 people of that one group go to war with 10,000 people of that other group and the whole server just kind of clashes into each other and you have wow. 
damage uh, that would cost a few hundred thousand of dollars if you would uh, c calculate that. It's crazy. Mm. So yeah, you have wow. those kind of games where you perhaps also could just be a trader. <laughs> Whatever you are, you can represent yourself almost exactly into that kind of game. On the other hand, we have games like um, Mass Effect that allow you to try out more, to be more, to play out fantasy, to, to be the person you maybe strive to become. Or perhaps test out being the person that you would never <laughs> hope to be. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. How would that even feel like? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's difficult. <laughs> is it? Um, yeah, but I, I... So this is perhaps not a, a perfect comparison, but um, for example, uh, I am terrible at tanking in League of Legends. Mm -hmm. Terrible. <laughs> or, or any game, really. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to be in that position and wonder about other people and how they do this and what drives them to do this. I think it's um, encouraging empathy uh, and, mm -hmm. and encouraging to look into the other person and their drives and their reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, I find it quite interesting. So. It's interesting that you mentioned League of Legends. League of Legends has been probably my biggest time sink <laughs> of <laughs> games. I'm oh. not surprised. <laughs> You, ah, oh, Link, you, 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 you beautiful bastard, you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, oh, I love the game. I, I have very negative emotions about certain other memories about the game. <laughs> oh, I think we all do. But there's a lot of good in it. There is a lot of good in it. And, um... I remember playing the game, and so that game has a very special place in my heart for a specific reason. Growing up, uh, we never talked that much about emotions. Mm. My mom just didn't. Um, it has also, fortunately, changed. <laughs> um, <laughs> But back then, that was really not a topic, um, nor with my mom, nor with my dad. Um, and so I wasn't used to talking, to facing, um, to dealing with my own emotions. It became very transparent and kind of an issue when I got into my first serious relationship, when I was 17. Um... And I am so, so glad that I met that person back then. <laughs> <laughs> because at a certain point in a relationship, you start to talk more seriously. You, you, you open up naturally, of course, um, even more and more. <clears throat> but I had an issue with that. And she helped me a lot, a lot. I also attended therapy back then. Um, it was it was hard times, <laughs> mm. but at the same time I played League of Legends, and the game displayed beautifully how that time also was a time of of growing of growth. Personally, um, my character, my mindset, 
um, emotional intelligence. I was quite toxic when I started playing. <laughs> oh, I definitely could imagine. Um, I think. Ooh. Well, League doesn't. League doesn't bring out the best in us no, either. It doesn't. So. See, I was. I was. At a time from doing music, being also at um, competitions, music competitions, I had a very competitive mind. Um, I worked a lot towards becoming a good pianist, so I, mm. I I had a very competitive mindset. Yeah. Except I wasn't mature enough to also see kind kind of the emotional side of things that is so important when it comes to a good and healthy mindset. Mm -hmm. And when I started, I was a, sorry, prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would tilt super easily and I would, I would blame other people for my mistakes. The support for not warding the river when I overextended and it was very, very clear that the jungler would just come and gank me. I didn't have flesh or something like that. Mm. And throughout those process however of therapy of having to actually face my emotions having to actually face what is bothering me perhaps what i'm struggling with i also um started acting differently in league because i realized hey the the way i am acting there that's kind of a display of, of, of my character, right? Of, of my personality here in real life. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, once that changed, I started climbing. I peaked with a friend that I made <laughs> while climbing at Platinum 3 in Season 4. And that was a great, great experience. A lot of growth and memories <laughs> to that. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and also, uh, I appreciate your self-awareness. I don't think many people understand um, the importance of how you interact online and how it affects people in real life, including yourself, and the importance that can have. Mm -hmm. So being able to not only just recognize the importance and then have the drive to change that, I really uh, value that. So good, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad that you have changed to evolve the to be the wonderful, kind, expressive <laughs> individual that you are now. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's super, super kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I I strive to be as as you said earlier. Uh, would you do as well? Just, I strive to be the best version of myself I can be. <laughs> <laughs> That's at times harder <laughs> than at others. Yeah, certainly for all of us. Mm. But we perhaps strive for improvement, not perfection, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's also a weird thing. Um, what is perfection? Uh, mm -hmm. I talked about that with you. Um, I had a few talks about that uh, with friends. Um, the Stan Lee situation, um, rest in peace, Stan Lee, and mm -hmm. superheroes. How his superheroes always kind of uh, had some form of a weakness. 
and this and that yeah sorry makes them more relatable sorry yes. i'm just i'm following yeah no worries no worries <laughs> just go ahead <laughs> interrupt me be rude <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um but yeah they had weaknesses they they were relatable and some of the most like just think of it some of the most amazing characters some of the best most well-written characters are those that have some form of a weakness some form of character trait that just makes them relatable makes mm -hmm. them human a counter example the worst example would be lara croft the early lara croft not not the 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 current one <laughs> You might have to give me a little bit of background information on that. I have... My exposure to Laura Croft is very limited. Oh, okay. I mean, very, very first Lara Croft. Um, I wonder when was the first game. It might have been something around 1980... No, no, no. That, that, I'm, I'm mixing up numbers now. Well, the very, very first Lara Croft um, was just an object, kind of. Her views, her values didn't matter. It it didn't matter if you put her in there or any other person in the world. Mm. Understood. And her only kind of remarkable character trait was her huge, huge boobs. Uh, why am I so unsurprised? <laughs> <laughs> Just coming from someone who's watch some of the earlier representations mortal kombat mortal oh. kombat i see you early mortal kombat oh, <laughs> um, not only mortal as a kombat. young child oh so what? many games so many just just yeah, fe yeah. female armor female armor please <laughs> yeah, yeah it's funny uh lara croft actually wasn't supposed to have that big of boobs um there was an error in the calculation of her model <gasps> Oops! <laughs> but the developers were like, "Well, it's kind of nice to look at." No, <laughs> of course. Let's let's keep it. <laughs> uh, okay. I guess this is thing. <laughs> I might be mixing up. There might have been more reasons to that, but the origin of that is definitely a calculation error. And by fact, the old Lara Croft had not that much of a character of a personality really mm. yeah she had one interested and that was raiding tombs mm -hmm. so i guess she had a character <laughs> <laughs> or an interest at least an interest right? i'm so much more happy however about the new version of her that is way more human way more you you, you don't know anything about her right no, I don't. Okay. Um, I know that all I heard is that um, there's a movie coming out, perhaps? Oh, yeah. And I heard a lot of anger that her, her boobs weren't as large. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's what I know about her. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. I saw a lot of people being angry about that. And, wow. um, and then some people responding with images. Um, wow. Of her, like, uh, triangular boobs or something. Yeah. Uh, images of that and being like, not, yeah, this this <laughs> is not properly portrayed. Bring back triangle Laura Croft boob, please. 
and I was I was just watching that and laughing wow. a little. Nice. But I don't. Other than that, I'm not familiar. No. Then let's make it short. Um, the new Lara Croft is is a beautiful, strong woman that is being displayed, though, however, as this human who is also vulnerable, very vulnerable, afraid, perhaps, to go into different situations, facing those difficulties. Um, she does have some evolution throughout the game against the soft re reboot from 2013. And that's beautiful. I'm really I, glad they did that. I might have to check that out, honestly. Do it. It's a treat. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> I might d just have to. That sounds like a very good example of game improvement. Mm-hmm. Do you have... And representation improvement. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. No worries. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm keep... I, I feel like I'm keep on interrupting you. Um, <laughs> um, what I wanted to ask you is, do you have a character that you feel like is super, super strong? And one of the best examples of representation so for me the biggest well one of the biggest ones was of course just the simple pokemon mm -hmm. um having a girl there however once i got into league of legends uh, my favorite character initially was sejuani I loved Sejuani. I loved that she was tankier. I loved that she was kind of fierce. I loved Shivana. I loved the um, how she was kind of a creature. Mm -hmm. Even though I, I get a little bit frustrated with um, the limited representations of women. I think a lot of people come in um, misunderstanding feminism and misunderstanding representation of women thinking that uh, I don't want sexualized characters. And I say, no, no, actually, I just want the characters in their designs to fit um, their values, to fit their story. Mm -hmm. So we need sexualized characters. We need uh, women characters that maybe do fit stereotypes. But again, that's not all that women are. And um, providing that diverse um, and more realistic characters is very important to me as well. And then having that same diversity that perhaps men, um, characters that are men have. So um, I actually just read something I had on Facebook. I wrote a paper on representation of women in league and I had a Facebook tidbit in my memory saying, you know, it, it was discussing at the time how many women characters were tanks and I said, Please don't tell me this is a realistic thing because right now, Singed, who is a terribly thin man, is considered a tank, and um, and then a tiny little mummy. Um, so it's not a realistic thing. It's yeah. just uh, so that was frustrating for me at that point. But seeing Rex Sai come in was amazing to me because I'm like, <laughs> you don't know her gender except for. Um, from her stories, there's no sexualization of her or anything. Mm. And um, that was very powerful to me in representation, um, just recognizing that uh, these, these, there can be a monster creature that isn't, doesn't have some sort of sex appeal in some way mm -hmm. and, um, and be a woman 
But then it was kind of devastating to go and see in Worlds the professional casters misgendering her. <laughs> and, and consistently talking to my friends and them saying, Rexai, he, and I'm like, well, actually, Rexai is she. And them being like, oh, does it really matter? And yeah, to me, it actually does because. It's amazing yeah. that they have that female character in, and I think it's very telling that you uh, assume that her character is not she, and even are frustrated that I would correct you um, on the case. Um, and it was never corrected either. They just oh. say they'd be referring to Rexai and say yeah. he, and um, I guess you could assume that they were talking about. Um, the player, but it didn't appear that way. That was something that did stick out very clearly to me. Mm -hmm. And um, but even this was when she uh, was newer coming mm -hmm. out regarding worlds. And <sighs> I remember okay. them just discussing the champion as well. And I was like, um, is no one catching that she is a her? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That was very interesting to me. The, um, I suppose, uh, I don't want to say, I just mess misgendering of that. Okay, okay. Isn't she even called Rexai, daughter of the void? Yeah, I'm pretty certain. Something like that. Something ah, like that. darn. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, whoops. I guess. Um. Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that was always a character to me. What about you? Did you have any? I have a characters? few. I have a yep. few that I like, some of that I dislike. Um, first off, let me tell you that I appreciate a lot how you, um, how your take on the whole topic, on the whole feminism is. Um, there is there's there's incredible negative stigma surrounding mm. feminism. It baffles me. It makes me mad. It makes me angry to think that in people's head, being for something means you're automatically against something else. Mm. And while all that for certain positions like feminism are tr striving to is a more positive, a, a more equal um, system, environment that it's just for everyone in that mm -hmm. particular uh, case women uh, that doesn't mean all men are bad <laughs> yeah. yeah um i think it's a lack of nuanced conversation uh, catching catching the nuances and just catching sound sound bits and spreading yeah. those those very small ideas that don't capture the entire um concept or or even just seeing the earlier versions of feminism that didn't recognize that it was a system of oppression the patriarchy that we're fighting and there was a wave of feminism that um there was not that theoretical understanding yet and it was just noting that men are in power and men are oppressive mm. at that time but now we recognize um as feminist scholars that 
we're not fighting men. It's not men we're fighting. Men do have privilege, men do have power, mm -hmm. but it's upheld by the patriarchy and women can reinforce that. Mm -hmm. Men can fight against that. So ultimately we're fighting against the system. And a lot of people don't understand that and they just think we, uh, feminists are always complaining and always unhappy. <laughs> um, and I say, yeah. you know what? I, I love where we're, I love living life and I love life and I think it's amazing. I think it can be better. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, Eva, you seem to be very unhappy. Let's, let's <laughs> I am the angriest person you would ever know. <laughs> <laughs> True. There is, there is actually a term I learned uh, today. I think it was today about um, people focusing on one bit out of uh, uh, one specific issue out of a bigger picture of many issues <laughs> and that is the Jar Jar Binks syndrome oh I think I need to familiarize myself with this term so please send it to me <laughs> <laughs> it is basically something you can see a lot of times in social media um, people discussing for example the Battlefield 5 trailer where there was a woman with a prosthetic arm and people were like, hey, this is not really realistic. <laughs> um, and it's basically taking the concept of there are many issues, but you focus too much on one because you can't see the bigger picture. And it's taken from the prequels of Star Wars, um, movies that were critically considered way worse um, than the original trilogy. Mm. And people didn't like the movies and mostly they pinned it down on Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks faced such a huge amount of hate. And this is kind of um, a term to just to just nail it down on, 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 on this phenomena basically. Hmm. You can yeah. see it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely without. Yeah. I think that we can see it regarding. I don't want to say nearly everything, but a lot of social movements and mm. people's reactions to them. Mm. It's just easier to take one little piece of information talking about that than the whole picture that contains a lot of different information and a lot of nuances, as you already said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To go back to your question, um, representation done right. In my opinion, Aloy, Horizon Zero Dawn. Holy guacamole, I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played it? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going too much of my time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send out on a lot. <laughs> I'm going to oh, I'm going to send you Redbush tea. I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to send you a copy of Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> Give me all of the things, please. <laughs> <laughs> um Aloy is an incredible powerful character. That is a woman. But that's not the point about her. She, f she works, that character works because she has incredible, incredible, powerful uh, values, incredibly powerful values, ideals, um, motivations. And I love it. 
And in addition to that, there's again the the game allows you to play the game how you would like to play it, in that you can ch uh, choose bet between different dialogue options. You can make her be very kind of like head level based, like everything just ju judged from 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 your head. You can make her very emotional. You can make her even very angry towards everyone. <laughs> mm. Um, but she has character. And I love that. And yet I'm able to express myself in that. And it's a, it's a very, very interesting fine line between I can play the game in my way, but I'm also participating in the story of this wonderful, powerful, and inspirational character. Mm. So that would be one of my top picks for representation done right. Um, I said earlier I had many, and now I'm sitting here and uh, my head is blank. <laughs> That's how it goes. That's how it goes. I should have wrote them down, um, but that would be one. There are. Well, I think that's a great one. Mm. Absolutely, and I I like how you talked about League of Legends also, um, focusing more on these on this. How does a character become a character, right? Values. Mm. You 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 mentioned values, and I think that's mm -hmm. very very important to a character. Definitely, definitely. I mean, that's um, probably our values is what helps us connect and bond with people in general. So mm -hmm. connecting and bonding with characters, yeah. making yeah. them feel more human as well. Yeah, if someone expresses a value that you share, it's like, hey, he or she has, has the, or they, they have the same idea that I do. I, I, I can relate. I can identify mm -hmm. with their values and views. And that is just as it is, uh, as it functions in real life, it also functions in games. Certainly, certainly. And it's, in my opinion, a way that we can also grow, kind of. A lot. Um, in being able to dive comfortably into some deeper topics where maybe your values, you have the same goal, but you have different ways of looking at it. Mm -hmm. um, I think is always interesting. So um, seeing your values displayed by a character um, or having a character that you can relate to mm. might give you a little more patience to be in that character and ex explore the game as that character Yeah. Um, and trying to see their perspective. Absolutely. I mean, throughout our conversation, we, we kind of picked up so many little details and nuances about how can we identify with the person how can we be represented um in a way in a video game values are one the looks mm -hmm. that is something of course obviously <laughs> um simple things like the gender as you said with pokemon definitely and, um, also the way of kind of playing the game mm -hmm. right Definitely. And then in Stardew Valley um, and other, many other games, being able to choose to marry oh, yes. someone that's Absolutely. Yeah, um, representing your sexuality, I think, can yeah. also be another big one, especially. Absolutely. 
I have um, I've dicked into that a little bit. If I recall correctly, there is almost is there I think there is not a single protagonist, keep in mind protagonist that is transsexual in any video game ever made. I haven't seen one. I haven't seen one as well, and I don't know how up-to-date the information was I read. I think it was around 2016 or 17. Mm. Um, but I'm pretty sure that there's not a single one. There are, however, like side characters um, that perhaps are transsexual. Um, there's, there's a character in Super Mario, actually, who is trans. Really? But they never mentioned that explicitly. Uh, okay. uh, who is that? that? I'd be interested. I gotta find that. Um, I got the Wikipedia page open right now, but I can't seem to find it right now. Birdo! Or also called Catherine. Yes, yes. Uh, Birdo is actually a trans character. But Nintendo, oh. yeah, Nintendo never really mentioned that. They never wanted to because uh, it also didn't impact gameplay, really. And um, I think there is, if, if if I understand that correctly, there are indications to that in the Japanese version, where you can also talk gender uh, neutral to each other, which is super hard mm. in English. <laughs> and that kind of completely got lost in translation. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I need to mention one other representation done right thing. Hmm? The Sims. Oh, I, I haven't played The Sims a lot, but, uh, or at all, actually, but it's something that has been recommended to me. So, Do what it. about The Sims do you, <laughs> I will have to, what about The Sims <laughs> do you feel that way about that? Like, what makes you feel that way? The Sims had a patch. They have a, a patch afterwards, an update, that expanded on the character creation. And they made it possible to have a, um, a gay, lesbian, trans person, intersexual, without gender, with all the different oh, wow. character traits. They Basically what they did was you could now pick all the different customizable options for any character regardless of the gender. Wow. And that was really cool. That At least is this is... Feeling. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Mm -mm. I okay. hope I understood that correctly. This is how I read it. This is how I ever, uh, found it everywhere. This is how it displayed on... Um, the official website of The Sims. Um, people who <laughs> played The Sims more um, than me, because I never played The Sims 4, a little bit of The Sims 3, um, you know maybe more about it. So that's that's one I, I definitely wanted to mention. Yeah, I want to look into that because... So Overwatch has... There's been discussion in the community that I've seen regarding Overwatch and representation mm -hmm. of uh, their characters. And um, something that I was sitting there thinking about when looking at their character cast is, when are we going to get... For me, I was looking for a non-binary character. Um, 
there's a more and more discussion happening around using they them as mm -hmm. pronouns and i that is a, a very important topic that's kind of close to me in several ways um regarding you know we had a mod that uses they them pronouns we don't currently anymore but just watching the people in my life struggle with that mm -hmm. when to me um as who i am that's not too difficult sometimes i perhaps trip up mm -hmm. and need to practice but i'm waiting for a character for that to be a little more normalized and in the in so regarding institutions and the information they can give out and the way they can normalize these things i was waiting for when are they going to have a character that is they them and that's just how you refer to that character mm -hmm. um, i'm looking forward to that a lot personally how would you refer to zenyatta and orissa then uh, I always hear Zenyatta referred to as he and Orisa as she. Mm -hmm. But that's just my experience. I don't know if in the game they specify that. But whenever someone says Orisa, they tend to use her pronouns. And uh, Zenyatta, I've always heard him. Have you heard differently? I... I had the same experience. Um, I was just thinking about those two because um, of two reasons. First off, um, they are, or rather, whenever something is created, um, there's scientific proof behind that. We tend to create it and be heavily influenced by ourselves and our own character, our own personality, our own views, values, obviously. So, for example, Orissa was created by a little girl. So, Orissa has kind of a female, uh, female-ish look. This is one thing. Um, and the other thing is, they are robots, right? Om mm -hmm. om omnics, I think is the word. Mm -hmm. So, you're talking about binary gender. Where would a robot fall into that? Yeah, so I think... When we look at gender and when we say, well, this is a robot, maybe that's more connected to perhaps this robot doesn't have sex, but still we're projecting a gender or mm -hmm. a gender identity or our idea of what their gender identity might be. Um, so I have, again, heard their gendered expressions um, from other people be that they are gendered. Mm -hmm. while they may not have a sex mm -hmm. and still following that prone those pronouns because i feel like they are very close albeit as you said kind of being gender they are super close to being very neutral and mm. that is also kind of some sort of uh, representation of someone who maybe is asexual or doesn't uh, really value gender at all um being represented there although you are very right they are heavily influenced by uh one of the two that's true mm -hmm. also um when looking at that i wonder if a robot being their only representation could feel 
for some people, they might just feel, oh, that's great. I'm glad we have some representation. But for others, it could feel a little dehumanizing. Oh, totally, uh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had actually just... <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. I had the same thought when I when I when I said it out loud. <laughs> mm -hmm. But not that that is necessarily bad um, mm. entirely. I think there could be pros, but I hope that we get a more human. I mean, I think there are most of the characters in Overwatch um, uh, have you know some. We have what I consider Hamtaro, right? And uh, <laughs> we have the monkey, and then obviously Mercy isn't entirely human, but I think when you look at Mercy as compared to perhaps Orisa, Mercy feels a lot more human, um, yeah. whereas Orisa is something uh, not as human. So I am hoping that we can find that. But I think those thoughts are interesting regarding we can recognize that these don't have sex and how we gender them and uh, have a discussion regarding mm. that. And maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they are close to the they, them yet and being treated as such, but it's an interesting topic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how Overwatch, um, just like League of Legends, as we mentioned, has a big diversity of uh, characters, of a cast. Mm -hmm. Although Overwatch's cast is significantly smaller than League of Legends. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Do you have any other topics you want to dive in that are important to you? I think we covered so much and uh, I'm sure if we sat here for a while longer I could think of some. But no, I think, <laughs> I think this, this was a good coverage of a lot of the topics. Absolutely. I feel like this is something you can just talk on forever, especially since mm -hmm. you have always some sort of um, experience by playing this game um, or playing other <laughs> games. So I would like to kind of wrap it up with uh, what we already um, said and what, what we kind of can learn from all we said about today, what we can do. Do you want to start? Yeah. Um... So I think supporting representation in games, supporting the idea that we can include these options because they might be important to someone who, while it may not be important to you, um, that's not you specifically, but people in general, that they're suddenly in Crystal was a girl character. It was very important to I'm sure not just me, but multiple little girls. Mm. Um, so recognizing that and supporting that and showing game companies support for using representation mm. and, um, and having uh, more, I think having more in-depth conversations to help spread that importance to people and educate um, mm. is important just for the education and the support to help move um, or continue the movement towards more diversity and more representation in game. That alone, I think, is huge. Mm -hmm. But do you have any ideas? Um, I just want to quickly add to that how um, identity is such a, such a nuance, such a complex thing, um, and how it's being displayed in games can be in so many different ways by the looks. 
how how your character just looks <laughs> um whether it be an orc be a troll be a human be a dwarf um whether you have a super sick skin that changes your character in league of legends from a human to a robot or something <laughs> that's one way um the gameplay per se am i going ham am i going in or am i staying maybe in the back line am i fully supportive or am i carrying my teammates by dealing the most damage out of them all as some form of expressing ourselves and the way we deal we want to deal perhaps with situations how how it's just fun how we value um, an approach and speaking of values exactly those what do i value what's important to me being able to express these is super so it's, it's it's just <laughs> quote unquote it's just fun in a video game but it's really important for us to be able to see what are our values and how can i express them it's something i am glad i learned and i hope that other people can learn as well <laughs> i think that's a lovely point <laughs> so that was basically it um a last question to wrap it all up and um, that one goes to you Eva what do you think what should people do more often in their everyday life this was a very hard question for me to consider um, but I landed on um, what is probably one of the things I value most uh, in my goals in life, and that is seek to explore how you can be more empathetic and looking from others' perspectives more um, and being patient with them. So learning how to more effectively listen and uh, be in their experiences. I think that's so important. And the reason I say that is I think that could help us create a world that values diversity and understands the importance of having those who are different around us. So that would be my answer regarding that, but there could be so many amazing answers. <laughs> to this. This a beautiful question. I absolutely love your answer to that question. Absolutely love it. So, Eva. <sighs> I have nothing else to say except thank you so so very much for being here. Thank, thank you. you for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you. It was it was lovely having you. You gave so much insight. Um it was it was great talking about our experiences, about our values, um creating ideas and perhaps also answers to some of the questions we asked ourselves. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, good luck on the rest of your podcast. <laughs> I'm excited to see your work. Thank you. Thank you so, so very much.